Looking at Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 10. As we look into the Bible tonight, uh, taking a look at what the Word of God has to say, we are continuing our study of the Lord's Prayer and taking our sweet time in doing so. <laughs> but trying to go through bits and pieces. What is it he's trying to show us here? How should we pray? Not necessarily what should you pray, but how should you pray? And then he gave us the Lord's Prayer. It's fine to pray it, but the idea is he's trying to give an outline here. This is how you approach prayer. And we are as far as verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done, is where we ended uh, last time. And then he goes on to say, on earth... As it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Why is that important? Your will be done. He gives a standard. God's will be done. How should it be done? On earth like it is in heaven. Why is that important? Because if you know how what God's will really is when you pray, that's when you can expect the answers. First uh, John, the fifth chapter, uh, verse 14, a great verse of scripture says here, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. What confidence? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And it goes on to say that we, if, he, if we know that he hears us, then we know that we'll have the answers for what we're asking. So if you want to have a truly successful prayer life in, in this quest of how should I pray, it's good to know what the will of God is and what the standard of the will of God is, that things would be done here like they are done in heaven, on earth, as it is in heaven. What an amazing statement. You see, our instruction from Jesus is to expect that things will happen here like they happen there. That's the standard that he raised. You see, when Jesus went around and he saw hurting people, and he saw sick people, he saw diseased people, he saw people caught up in sin and all the addictions and the destructive things of life, he walked around and said, this is weird. Something's not right. Why? Because he was used to what? Heaven. Having always lived in heaven and coming in and, and living among this, he would see things that were not up to that standard of heaven. And then he would come around splashing heaven all over the place. He would see someone sick and say, something's wrong with you. Say, yeah, I'm sick. No, what's wrong with you is that you are sick. You shouldn't be sick. This is what's wrong. And he would heal all those who came to him. He would heal them. He would touch them. He would set them free. He'd see someone whose life was just being ripped apart by all kinds of icky circumstances. And he would set it straight. Because he would look at at, at that and he would immediately recognize this as that is abnormal. Are you making, is this making any sense? See to us we think that here is normal. And that when miracles come, that's abnormal. Woo! But not from God's viewpoint. Not from Jesus' viewpoint. His viewpoint is this is abnormal. This defeated, this sin, poison, destructive environment in which we live is not normal. And he came around trying to get us normal. Which everybody went, holy cow, look at that. Because to us that seemed Abnormal. Is this making any sense to anybody? Y'all looking at me like I, you know, at a 7-Eleven or something, you know. And just, what are you talking about? This isn't a 7-Eleven. We should expect things to happen here like there. 
So go through a list. Are there sick people in heaven? Well, then we should expect that to be abnormal. The normal would be for you to be whole. For you to be healthy. You say, well, I'm not there. I get that. But we need to start raising our standard. If you don't raise the standard, then you start expecting where you're at to be normal. And you pray, God, help me just get through this normal. No, no, God wants to set you free. Jesus came, he says, the kingdom of God is here. That's what the whole deal was. He would come spreading the news of the kingdom of God. And what is that? That this is not normal. The good news is that all this that really sucks, God never intended it to be that way. The struggles and the defeated and the beat up life that you're in, the good news is that's not normal. God never intended you to be that way. He wants more for you. But what we try to do to get more comfortable with the fact that we lack faith, and the reality is we do lack faith. We all lack faith. Come on, people struggle with it. What do you mean? I don't have enough faith? Yeah, duh. People struggle with that. All my Christian life, I've heard people, are you trying to say we ain't got enough faith? Of course that's exactly what I'm saying. Jesus said, if you had enough faith, you could speak to this mountain and say, hey, get out of the way, and it would move. I don't have a problem admitting I don't have that kind of faith yet. Right? But that doesn't lower the standard. We try to understand, well, no, what he meant is, you know, that, you know, that not really physically moving the mouth. We try to lower the standard, so we bring it down to our experience. So we can feel better about ourselves. Is this making any sense? We need to have a higher vision. We need to understand this is what God intended. I may be here, but I ain't staying here. Why? Because this is not normal. This is normal. I'm praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. How? On earth, right here and now. Not after we die. See, you know, all these old songs, you know, in the sweet by and by. Farther along we'll know more about it. My life stinks and that is okay. Someday I'll be dead, praise the Lord. I mean, come on! Just make it, just just another day, brother. Just one step at a time. Just barely survive. Let's praise God. You want to accept Jesus? No. Why? Because I don't want to be like you. You're defeated. Life kicked out of you. It, it's just, this isn't about just waiting till we die. Are you hearing me? Jesus could have said that. Say, look, guys, reality is, this is as good as you can get. Hurry up and die, and we'll all have a great time. <laughs> so he could have said that. That was a reality. I can, I can handle that if that's what it is. But he, he walks in and says, no, this is not normal. Your kingdom come on earth. Right here, right now, we can experience the standard of the Almighty in this life. People say, well, then how come we don't experience that? How come hardly anybody? Because we lack the faith. And you're never going to get there if you keep lowering the standard. Challenge people to trust God to get healed and trust God for healing. Well, I don't know, it might be the will of God for me to be sick. Do you really believe that? If you do, why do you keep going to doctors to get out of the will of God? We'll pray for you so you get sicker, so you can be more in the will of God. You don't really believe that's why you're fighting so hard against the thing. 
trust God. Don't let the fact that you... There's, there's two ways of viewing this. There are people who have a standard that always beats, beats them up because they can never reach the standard. You know what I'm talking about? They're just frustrated perfectionists. Or some of you sitting out there right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You are perfectionist. Everything, everything should be perfect and life is here and you're, and you're depressed all the time because it's never like this. And it just beats you up. That I don't want you to do. Then there's the, here's the standard, here's I am, and this lifts me up. Because I can see, I can believe, I can, I, I can experience more. I know there's more for me. God has more. That's the kind of standard I want to set for you. Not to beat up on you because you're not succeeding. But hey, lift up your eyes. Look up. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. And he went around just splashing the kingdom everywhere. And then he taught all the people around him to do the same. And that's exactly what they did. You read the book of Acts, everywhere they went, they just were just splashing the kingdom of God everywhere. that's why it says in Isaiah 53 he says he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds we are healed we can experience health and wholeness why? because that's the way it is in heaven that's the standard we need to go for the standard let's trust God for the standard are there poor depressed people in heaven? Are there people who can barely make it in heaven? Are there people in heaven right now really freaked out because they're not sure where the mortgage payment's going to come from? No. Your kingdom, your will be done on earth like it is. You mean, you mean I can actually experience God right now here in my life? That God can make a difference in my daily experience? The answer is absolutely yes. Because that's the kingdom of God. That's why Philippians says, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The whole Bible, the whole New Testament is trying to say, hello, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open. Paul said, I pray, I pray for you, I pray for you that your eyes will be enlightened so you can see what I'm seeing. We walk around and we live paupers' lives and substandard spiritual lives and substantial spiritual experiences because we don't really see what we can experience when you start to visualize what's really there and you get a picture of wow what this can be like it changes you do people not get along in heaven oh they get along pretty good 1 Thessalonians here, it's now, now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. Love each other. Love each other. I don't know what some people are going to do in heaven. They're going to be pretty miserable. Because there's going to be people up there that you cannot stand. Right now. Are you hearing me? I don't want to be around that guy. He's a big fat stinking jerk. Well, you better get used to it because you will spend forever with him. <laughs> Don't be waiting for after you die, pie in the sky, apple pie, whatever. And you experience this now. Love people. First Corinthians says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. Oh man, how many of us lose right there? Keeps no records of wrong. No records of wrong. 
Man, some of you guys have got just, you know, file cabinets. File cabinets in detailed, written down. This is what they did on this date, and that they, they did this, and I'll never forget that jerk because he did this on... Man, you need to burn those file cabinets. You hear me? Love does not keep a record of wrong. I think some of us are afraid of forgetting what other people did because we're afraid we'll forget to hate them. Love does not delight in evil, rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. He goes on, he says, love never fails, never fails. Well, Pastor, I tried living that guy, I just, I just, it just didn't work. Really? Because my Bible says love never fails. Well, I, I tried, I tried, Pastor, I tried, I, I couldn't live with him, he's just, he's just a bum, he smelled really bad and... He just wasn't what I thought when I when I married him, and I, it just didn't work, really. Because the Bible says love never fails. Oh, but but it didn't work for me. Love never fails. You gotta understand. When I listen to you, and what you say to me contradicts what the Bible says, who do you think I believe? <laughs> I'm you know I, I'm sorry in a polite way, but I'm not really sorry. We can rationalize this stuff all the all day long, but love does not, never has, never, ever, ever will it fail. Amen. <laughs> well, Pastor, my, my husband's not saved. Man, if I was married to you, I probably wouldn't be saved either. <laughs> Come on. He's really getting mean now, isn't he? There are some people, I promise, there are some people I've met, if I, I thought, dear God, someone is married to her. That is such a shame. <laughs> mean, critical, rah, 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 rah. he's a loser, you're always a loser, you're a pig, you're a bum, you're not what God expected you to be, you're a failure, you're, a, you're not obeying the word of God, you're a Bastard, my husband's just, he doesn't want to come to church. <laughs> That's because he don't want to ride in the car with you. <laughs> well, I tried. Don't tell me you tried. Love never fails. Now, it might take us a long time to get it. I'm cool with that. So, Pastor, I'm working. I want to kill him. I do. I'm working. I'm, I'm there with you. We'll pray with you. We'll hang in there. What the truth is, is love doesn't fix things overnight. That's the problem, see, because we're instant. We want instant answers. Love never, ever fails. Some lady calls in a Christian radio station and said, would, would you pray with me? I said, well, okay, what's the problem? My husband, he won't, he won't let me read the word of God to him. And, and, and I know, I just, I just know 99% every believer who'd have gotten that call would immediately started praying. Oh God, soften that evil, wicked man's heart. But I, I, I tell you, I've just been around the block once or twice. Somebody tells me that, I'm highly suspect. Would you pray for me? My husband won't let, let me read the Bible to him. Okay, okay, yeah, hold on a second. You say, he'll never let you read the Bible to him. That's right, he's just, he's just, he's a horrible man. 
I said, let me ask you something, sweetheart. I says, there's two different things, ways you can approach the Bible. You can approach the Bible to tell people that God loves them, that you believe in them, that they can be the best, that they're, they're just a gem waiting to just turn into a diamond. I'm just, there's all kinds. Or you can take the Bible and remind people what losers they are, what failures, how they're not living up to the standards, how they're not being the man of God, they're not being the spiritual leader of the house, blah, 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 blah. Which do you do? She goes, well, I guess the latter. Well, you're calling up telling me you got this evil husband? Thing is, you're beating the snot out of him with the Bible. <laughs> leave him alone. What do you mean? I said, just leave him alone. What are we doing? And I'm having this conversation. We're on the air live doing this, by the way. <laughs> so leave him alone. Don't be trying to read the Bible to him. Just love on him. Be nice to him. Be kind to him. Respect the man. Even and particularly so when he does not deserve it. Why? Because love never fails. It'll turn the boy around. No, it won't. Well, yes, it will. One night I said, my, my husband won't let me go to church. That's why I don't come to church. I said, you, you want a great formula? So your husband lets you come to church? She said, yes. Yeah. Every time you come to church... When you go home, you just make love to that boy. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. When you go home tonight, you just every time, whenever he, he'll only let you come every so often, right? Yeah. Well, she wants to come more. So every time he lets you come, you go home, you just, just knock his socks off. <laughs> and I tell you, he was waking her up and said, you better get up. Get ready for church. Because it's, it's Bible day and you need a... You need to, you need a, your church doesn't start for two more hours. I know, but get up. Come on, you're going to be late. <laughs> Why? Because love never fails. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm really, as mean as I sound, I really try to be nice. Are people depressed in heaven? Nehemiah says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're depressed and down to respond, that's okay. We love you. We'll encourage you. You just understand, that's not normal. Yeah, well, I, it runs in our family. I don't care. It's not normal. Well, the doctor says my levels are... I know, but I just need to... You need to pray, God, your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And in heaven, people don't have this problem. God, help me get through this. Lift up your expectations. God wants to answer your prayers. Are people defeated in heaven? That's why Paul says, man, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I love that verse. More than a conqueror. You know what a conqueror is? Alexander the Great. Genghis Khan. These guys were serious. But kicking monsters. These, you know what a conqueror does? Anything he wants. Conquer. They come in and they would just take anything they want. They'd take any army. They would take any enemy and squish them like a bug. Very mention of these men's names would put fear through millions of people. The, the nations would tremble at the mention of them. Why? Because they were conquerors. 
Paul said, I'm not some girly man conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. Man, what's that got to be like? When you look down on a conqueror and say, is that all you are? This is God's way. Man, I'm not experienced, man. Life just kicks the snot out of me all the time. That's okay. I'm trying to encourage you. You can be more than a conqueror. I'll be, I'll be thrilled if you just get to conqueror status. But then we'll love you to more than a conqueror. Are people full of fear and worry in heaven? Mercy. There's a lot of people. They're not going to feel comfortable in heaven at all. Because they spend most of their time worrying about stuff that never happens. That's why Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. I like the King James Version. He says, take no thought. Just think about it. Just don't think about it. Why? Because in heaven they don't worry about stuff. But I'm not in heaven. Yeah, I know you're not. But we need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth just like it is there. That's the kind of experience we should be living now. Truly, I know this sounds bizarre and off the charts to some of you. But you can truly experience a measure of heaven right here, right now, through faith in Christ. If you will let this thing just absorb inside you. Lift up your vision. Get a different standard. When you get a revelation of on earth as it is in heaven... You will start to fight to experience God in your life. Why? Because now you see. I don't have to live like this anymore. I don't have to be like this anymore. I have seen the promised land. When you've seen the promised land, you don't want to go back. Are you hearing me? You ever test drive a really nice car and then be bummed out for a month afterwards? When you're driving your car, you know. Why? Because I have been to the promised land. I know what it's like when the thing actually moves when you step on the gas. I know what it's like when you're in the smooth and in the and the seats just ooh ah man, I was I was with this guy. He had this like decked out yo mama don't ever spend as much money on a car. But he had one of his decked out yo mama cars and the seats actually moved when when you would turn, it would turn around and try and hold you in place. It felt like you were sitting on a couple of raccoons in a bag or something. I was like, whoa, whoa. It was so, it was so cool. And then he hit a button and I'm getting a massage while we're driving. I got to tell you, it ain't been the same since. I mean, I would never spend that much money for a car. But man, when you've seen what can really be like, it, oh man, it messes with your head. The good news is you really can't experience this. You may not be able to afford a $200,000 car, but you can, you can afford this because God wants to give this in your life. When you get a revelation of on earth as it is in heaven, you'll fight to experience God in your life. You'll no longer accept average or defeat as normal. You might be defeated. You might be sicker than a dog. You might be as broke as you can possibly be. But you'll realize, you know, this is not normal. I'm not staying this way. I'm not staying this way. Because God's going to make a way for me. Because I'm praying God changed this. Why? Because on in heaven, it's not like that. Seriously, you don't understand. People truly, truly, truly live the way they live today because, because of the bar that's been set around them. 
And I know a lot of you have been through some rough times. A lot of you just, you know, have been through failures and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, even, even the whole thing with divorce, and you know how I feel about that. It's, it's most people, most people, the vast majority of people do not need to be getting divorced. Get divorced just, be, just for whatever. Well, I didn't like him anymore. We yelled too much. We were fighting too much. Well, that's not a reason to give up. But do you know why people do that today? Because everybody does it. I promise you, we take the majority of you who've been through, and I know, I know a lot of you have been through this. If we were to take your present situation that you climbed out of through a divorce and backed up and put you back in 1930, you'd have never gotten a divorce. You just never would have. You'd have fought through it and probably got to a place where it worked. Why does everybody do it today? Because the standard's so low. Everybody does it, nobody thinks about it. The forces of evil are constantly working to lower the standard. So many people having sex before marriage. You know why? Everybody does it. Not even embarrassed about it. Not in the least. They don't even think anything weird about it. Christians. Running around doing dear God knows what. Acting like some kind of a dog in heat. Don't They don't think twice of it. Nothing. I mean, it's just, they just tell you like, there ain't nothing to it. Well, yeah, and they'll, they'll say, well, I know we probably shouldn't, but. Uh. It's comfortable. So many people commit adultery today. Why? Because well, everybody commits adultery. I mean, do you know how many times in the media they try and say, well, everybody cheats. When Bill Clinton was doing his thing, what, did, what was the big thing? The media, well, everybody does it. It's no big deal. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. <laughs> Who's this guy? John. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a talk host in, the, in Green Bay area. What's his name? You probably can't fit this on TV. You have to edit this. But <laughs> uh, What is his name? He's a talk sports show host. Mino! That little rat fink. All right? And you cannot edit this. You know, but for you guys, you know, I don't not like the guy. But I'm, I'm listening to him one day. And he was going psycho crazy. Because the Packers had not told the media about the true health status of one of the players. And oh my goodness, did he pontificate. Went on, we just can't have that. We, we, we got the fans in this stuff. You got to be honest with the people. You got to be honest with the media. La, 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 la. I just went on for 15, 20 minutes. Then he went on to the Bill Clinton thing. He says, you know, I think that's just ridiculous. Who cares if he lied? Ain't no big deal. <laughs> just, and I, it just so fried my Puerto Rican pancakes. I called up. I did. I did. I, uh, I, I, said, uh, I said, yeah, this is Bob. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, Bob, how's it going? I said, well, I, I got a problem with you. He said, what's I, I think you're full of it. He, he says, what do you mean? He says, well, you just went on talking about how the pack, that, 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 that. But when the president of the United States says, it's no big deal, that's kind of a double standard, don't you think? Oh, my goodness, did he get mad. Holy moly. He just went, oh, he hung up on me. And for 15 minutes, he's still screaming, I don't care what that stupid Bob says. You know, he just went, oh. <laughs> my wife was crawling. She says, don't you ever let Bob come back out again. Don't you be calling people like that. Yes. 
just lower in the standards? You know, we're in wherever we're at in the Caribbean, you know, and this they're doing this gay marriage thing on the beach, you know, and you you walk by and, and just like you don't even think much about it. Santa just keep getting lower. What's next? Adults having sex with children. I mean, teachers are doing it now. And you hear people arguing about it on the well, it's no big deal. And, da, 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 da. and we're making us think about it now, but I promise you, it's just the forces of evil trying to pull the bar down even lower. Down lower. Down lower. Stuff that would have made our grandparents just turn blue happens today as like there's no big deal. You know, you, 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 we'll be in a restaurant and some, you know, waitress or something like come along and, and, and say, uh, you know, how you doing? Go, well, yeah, where are you from? Well, I'm from Texas. And so why are you doing up here? Well, I came up here to live with my boyfriend and da 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 And then we, then we got pregnant and we were so, we were so excited about it. And, and I'm thinking, I don't even know you. And she has absolutely no problem letting me know that she's left home, living with a guy, having birth out of wedlock. Da-da. It is as normal as, as going out for pizza today. People don't, they don't even think of it. There's, no, there's not even a sense of shame. Not even a remote sense of shame. Again, when heathens do this stuff, I don't have a problem. When Christians do this, this is what frustrates me. We think like the world. We act like the heathen. And then we wonder, how come we don't see more of the power of God in the church? How come, Pastor Mark, I don't see this. Well, tell you, the first thing you've got to get rid of is blatant sin in your life. Because that's a big wall against all this stuff. And that's, that is not to put down and de- de- defeat anybody. But you want to experience God in your life, man. Step number one is you've got to quit doing stuff that sets up. Well, you have to understand, the only thing separating between you and God, nothing will ever be able to separate God from you, except for one thing. You know what that is? Sin. Sin. A particularly blatant, straight up, stubborn, I know it's wrong, but Sin. I was being with this couple in our my office one day. They come in and just everything's going wrong in their life. Just everything's going on. They come to church all the time. Just, this is Stephen's point. Just, just everything's going wrong in their life. Everything's horrible. Everything's painful. And, and she's sick all the time. And the doctor said she wants to have a baby. And they, she can't never have a baby. And, and she said, Pastor, we're trying to have a baby. We can't have a baby. And, and, and my husband keeps losing his jobs. And we keep praying. You keep talking about experiencing God. You keep talking about experiencing God. So how come we're not experiencing this? experiencing this and, and I looked at him and I said you're living in sin you're living in sin and, and they went oh we thought you'd probably say that <laughs> but really why I kid you not this is exactly what they did I'm just like oh, yeah yeah but no no but really why I said that's why you can't blatantly be doing what God clearly says you should not do and just send your brains out and then wonder why the blessings of God don't come. Finally, after months, these guys got it right. Got it straight. Repented. Did it right. Got married. Got things the way they're supposed to be. Just before we moved here, she comes up to me, guess what, guess what, guess what? I said, what? She says, I'm pregnant. I said, I thought the doctor said you could never be pregnant. She says, I know, isn't it great? It's the blessings of God. You want to experience on earth what's in heaven? Step numero uno, you've got to stop doing things that keep God away from you. It's like keeping somebody far away from you and then wondering why they're not close. But intentionally pushing them away. 
our sins. But the Bible says your sins have separated you from your God. I got more. Who wants to hear more? Good. You'll have to come back next week because I'm out of time. We'll pick it up next week. We're not going anywhere. We'll, uh, we'll just pick it up at the same place. It's a wonderful thing. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. You know, it's really difficult. Because you want to preach a, a strong, tough standard for people without making them feel bad for the ones who are stuck in it. And it, it, it is a tricky it is a tricky line to walk across. And I try to do the best I can. But you know, there's people that they so don't want to offend people, they never, they never talk about the real standard. But we're not helping people if we don't talk about the real standard and the reasons that hinder us. But if you're here tonight and you have never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ, you can do that tonight. You can know him. You can begin to experience God's best. You can experience a piece of heaven right now here on this earth. Tonight beginning. In the weeks, days and weeks and months and years to come. Where you can truly experience God's blessings and reality. Turning your situations around so you can start experiencing God. If you'll surrender your heart to him. I'd like, as, as all our heads are bowed, and, and uh, I'd like us all to pray this prayer together. If you'll pray this prayer, you have to understand, Jesus loves you. Even if you're sinning and, and doing things you know you shouldn't, but he still loves you. He's not intentionally staying away from you. It's just he can't bless you if you're going to put up big walls. If you will ask him to forgive you, repent of your sin, he will knock down the wall, and he can have a close relationship with you. Let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I surrender to you this evening. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In my life. Like it is in heaven. I freely choose Jesus Christ. As my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And help me. To experience your ways. Amen. Amen. If that's the first time you ever prayed a prayer like this, I got the book I'd love to give you. It's a great little book written by my brother Ed. It's called Getting Started in Your New, in your new Life with Jesus. If you stop by the guest uh, relations desk out there and say, hey, I'd like a copy of that free book, they'll be more than happy to give it to you. It's a great book. Answer questions about faith and getting to know God. We got all of two minutes to take the offering, but I'm sure we can get through it. Anyway, give Pastor Lathan a can as he comes.